When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Fight fans to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Sean Bastow, shortly to be joined by Johnston Brown. And today's episode is a review of the weekend's action. We're going to be talking through Friday night action, which featured MTK in Liverpool, and it also featured the card in Jeddah with Amir Khan making a return. We're also going to be covering Saturday's action, which was the Frank Warren bill at the O2, headline for Daniel Dubois and Nathan Gorman. But before we do that, I just want to tell you guys to go and find us on social media. We're on Twitter at BTR Boxing Pod and on Facebook at BTR Boxing Podcast. Go and find and follow us on any of them social media channels for all the latest updates and episodes relating to BTR Boxing Podcast. And also, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do on Apple Podcasts or on Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify. You can find us on Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats YouTube channel to listen to all the latest episodes, including the Ones to Watch series, Legendary Nights, The Life and Times of, and The Promoter Live. Get subscribing, and please get rating and reviewing, because it really helps us. We really appreciate the support that you're all giving to us. We really appreciate it. It helps us. In a sea of boxing podcasts, we want to stand out from the rest, and we're doing our utmost best to do that. So, Johnston, let's get into it then. Daniel Dubois, the new British heavyweight champion. What a performance from him. And it's completely made us eat our own words from the predictions we were giving in the preview episode last week. Fantastic performance from him. Let's talk about that Frank Warren bill and let's start with Daniel Dubois versus Nathan Gorman. Yeah, yeah, another another good weekend of boxing show. And, uh, I was impressed with Daniel Dubois. Uh, I thought we put in a good performance against Nathan Gorman, better than I thought. Um, and I think they both they both both 
produced the goods on the night and it was a decent scrap at the end of the day and Daniel Dubois proved to be the better man. Well, I was just saying before, he's definitely made us eat our words because on the preview show, both of us sat there and predicted Dave and Gorman would do the business on, on, on 12-round decision. <laughs> yeah, um, it proved me wrong. At uh, end of the day, I mean, I, I mentioned he had a good jab. I didn't think it was as good as it was on the night. It was really good. I, you know, Gorman, for me, it, I, he had the wrong game plan, in my opinion. I don't think he quite... He was sort of trying to counter him, which, which I think was all wrong. But, um, I mean, we'll get into that, but... Yeah, good performance from Daniel and, and good luck to him for the future for future fights and obviously good luck to Nathan as well. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, it was a very impressive performance of Daniel De Bruyne. I was already won over before this fight, but I felt like Gorman was going to be the guy that was going to outbox him. And I just, as you rightly pointed out, he definitely came in there with the wrong game plan. What, whatever he was thinking or whatever his his team were thinking about going in there, they ov- I, I feel like maybe they underestimated De Bruyne's jab a little bit because I pointed out on that preview episode, you don't underestimate his boxing ability because he has got boxing ability and he's got tons of it and again he's just shown us on Saturday night how much ability he really has got to me he looks levels he looks levels above the British level he looks at least like he could probably be even one or two of the, the, the top 10 guys in the world and I know that's a massive bold statement but you think about throwing him in there with with you know some of the the latter end of the top ten, like you sort of who can we who, who, what names can we pick out the hat like Pavetkins or Emmanuel Chaz or guys like that? You think fucking hell he could just he could just go in there and impose his game plan really quickly. And for a guy who's only twenty one years years old, who's a baby, who has been compared to Joshua, Joshua weren't even a professional at this point, and he was he was struggling in the amateurs at this point. In fact, but yet Dubai. 21-year-old, 12-0, British heavyweight champion. Ah, fantastic achievement, 21 years of age. And, and proved his, you know, he had great composure in there. He had, he had good patience, as, as you pointed out there. I mean, he had that excellent, solid jab throughout the fight. Uh, the first round was pretty close, I suppose. It, although I still felt that Daniel DeVar probably just slightly edged it. I thought Gorman, I, he didn't do too badly. Uh, pretty close first round. And, and then from that point, from the second round, it was all Daniel DeVar. And, and Nathan Gorman, for me, he, he didn't use his footwork enough. He didn't get behind his jab. He barely threw a jab. Uh, it just seemed like he was waiting to counter everything that Daniel DeVar did, which I don't think was the right game plan. Uh, he needed to be on his feet. He needed to be in and out. He needed to, to, to use the jab. Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, I think it was Barry, was it, that was on, on commentary. I mean, he even mentioned that although Dubois had the longer reach, um, he could still get in behind that jab if he just used his feet. And I made, it was perfect. Uh, that made perfect sense. I think that was the sort of game plan that I was expecting to implement. I, I didn't think he was going to be trying to counter Dubois as much as he did, um, which, which let Daniel Dubois just dictate the pace of the fight into his pace, which worked in his favour because obviously, as we pointed out, in, in the sort of the uh, prediction show or the preview show, it, we felt that maybe it'd guess that. And, and because of the pace of the fight, because he set the pace of the fight, he didn't look tired whatsoever. So, you know, it was a good performance from Daniel. And at 21 years old, you, you rightly point out that, you know, who else is there really? I mean, obviously you've got the top, top fighters, which, you know, he ain't going to be nowhere near that. So you're not going to throw him in the deep end against any of the big boys. But, yeah, I mean, even someone like a Kiri Fury, I mean, that, that, that is a, Good fight for him. I think Huey Fury would give him some some sort of, some sort of trouble. 
and he may be even the winner of a Price Allen fight. And that's obviously if he wanted to defend his British title. Yeah, I think the, the options are quite open for him. And whilst I don't want to see him overly rushed, when you've got a limited pool of fighters to pick from to put him in against, I mean, you can start to ask the question, who should he start to fight next? And obviously Frank Warren straight away after the fact, he's like, oh, let, let him fight Joe Joyce, who obviously we'll come on to in, in a few moments about his fight with Jennings. But that, that would make reasonable sense. But, you know, the Joyce camp are really looking to push on to, to the world stage and their win over Jennings would be, you know, it's, that that is technically classed as a level above given the fact that Jennings former world title challenger um, and, and, and he's shown on the night against Joyce. But going back to Dubai, who else do you want to see him in the ring with now? You don't want to see him take a step back now and start fighting a heavyweight journeyman. Because he's done that. He's already yeah. done that. And he's, yeah. he's stepped up in levels. The levels of opponents he's had, a lot of them, yeah, world-level gatekeepers or world-level journeymen or have been in with world-level fighters. He's, he's beaten all of them now. And now he's just beaten the best one of the best that Britain's got to offer. You've got Joyce, you've got Fury. They're the other two guys who who are around there at that, that, that level where you can say to yourself, let's see them two fight or let's see the trio of them three fighters get in the ring with each other. But whilst I don't want to see him rushed, I honestly can't see who else they can put him in the ring with that are, that are going to pacify you know, the, the British public, so to speak, because... At the end of the day, he's a guy that's a level above... He's, he's mat- very mature for his age as a fighter, and that's what's most impressive for me. He's, like, he's shown me on, on there, after all the questions I've asked of him, he's answered them all. And you mentioned the winner of Price and Allen, and I think that would be an absolutely brilliant choice uh, of opponent for him because they've shared the ring with some absolute brilliant fighters themselves in their own right so the winner of that would make perfect sense but then you've got guys around there you know that you've got like Chisora fighting Spilker this coming weekend you know Chisora potentially could be a good a good guy to to fight but again I just see them probably sort of sticking around this level and maybe trying to push for a fight which is going to generate more money I just the thing I don't want to see Johnston is I don't want them to keep putting back now I don't want him to take these backward steps and start fighting guys that are in say the top 20 in Britain rather than fighting guys that are in the top 10 of the, the heavyweights in Britain Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, I was looking at boxers. I mean, he's, he's up there at number 27 now. Um, he's sort of looking at those fighters and thinking, well, who in there are they going to throw him in with? I mean, one there was a couple of cards on over the weekend in Minnesota. Um, there was a, you had uh, Robert Hellanius, who actually lost to Jared Washington. If people do remember Jared Washington, he was the one that lost to Deontay Wilder recently. Um, and Kornacki lost to Ann Miller, the drug cheat. Um, so he actually won an eight-round fight. Yeah, Charles Martin has been um, Daniel Martz. Um, he's up to, actually ranked up to, to, to 19 now. And then obviously you have Tony Yoko, who's, who's just come back from his, his year suspension for, uh, for failing to attend free drug tests. So, I mean, he's up to 44. He's a little bit off. He's, you know, he's only had sort of six pro fights now, uh, Tony Yoko. But Tony Yoko's a good fighter. He's another one to keep an eye on. So, you know... It, Daniel Dubois has definitely got a lot of options. I would prefer him to defend that British title. And, and for me, Price and Allen, I think the winner of that would be perfect. Um, I think if Allen was to beat Price, I think Allen would take it. I don't think Price would be too interested. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, Huey Fury, I mean, he may turn around and say he's looking at, like, like Joyce, looking at a different route. But Huey Fury just goes and fights. You know, he thought that Samuel Peter is what? You know, he's like 100 years old. <laughs> I mean, what's he fighting him for? So he, he hasn't really got a leg. You know, he's looking for better fights because Daniel Dubois, 
that could suit you right up there as well as Daniel Dubois because you know where where I did tip um, Nathan Gorman uh, you know I just felt that that Gorman would would implement a completely different game but I thought he'd use his footwork I thought he'd use his jab and he'd done neither um, and he got caught and I think he got the cut in the second round and it just impacted on Gorman's attitude I think he felt Dubois' power and, and and Daniel just did what he did and, and, and he, he was very composed and very mature for his age and he, he put on a fine performance and I would like him to defend that title and I hope that you know Joyce is obviously the one that um, that comes to comes to top of your mind really with him on the same bill and but as you say I don't think Joyce is going to be too interested although it would be a good fight for Joyce as well but it was a great fight for British public to watch I would really like to see Joe Joyce against Daniel Dubois. So, you know, I mean, even Nathan Gormley, for instance, I mean, it could be, you know, who's going to need at least a nice little warm-up fight to just get himself back to winning ways. And then he could be looking at, like, maybe even like a Washington or a, or a Takam even. I mean, Carlos Takam's another one out there that you could chuck him in the ring with any one of them two. And he's, he's going to give you good experience. You know, He's gonna, he's gonna take you into that, you know, into rounds where you, you feel a little bit uncomfortable. He's gonna put a pressure on. So maybe he's another guy that could be potentially an opponent for both of them. So it'd be interesting to see what, what Warren does. Obviously, he's gonna bring him out in September. He said so. Let's see what happens. Yeah, for Nathan Gorman, obviously, back to the drawing board, go and spend some time with his family. I know there was uh, the birth of his child in the build-up to the fight, and I think one of his other child was ill or, or something of that nature, and obviously that must have, no excuses, but that must have had some sort of mental effect on, on preparations for the fight, you know, knowing your kids are, are coming and knowing your kids are poorly or whatever, you know, it's it must have been hard for him. But I'm not making any excuses for him here. I'm just saying that must have had some sort of an effect on on his mentality and you know in the fight week of it and you know maybe part of his mind was thinking about what was going on at home and, and took his eye off the ball the game plan goes out of the window and you know the boxing is you know they say it's 70 percent mental 30 percent physical like they do with a with with a lot of things when it comes to diet and eating it's to say you know diet and, and exercise the same thing 70 30 ratio they always talk about it maybe that was it i don't know but gorman didn't do anything that we've seen him do before he did everything the opposite and he got caught like you say and he got beat and he took it like a man he took it on the chin literally and he got he got up and he said right I got beat by you know the, the, the good man on the night the right man on the night and go back to the drawing board and come back and you know it'll be interesting to to see what happens next for him will he stay with with Hatton will he stay with that team over in in Manchester will he stay with them I don't know or will he come back and move on and get a different trainer I don't know I'm not suggesting they should dump the trainer I'm just saying what what will he do next it'll be interesting to see what the next few months unfold for Gorman because I want to see where his career goes because I do genuinely think he's another great British prospect who could go in there uh, and, and and do a lot and I just hope this loss doesn't doesn't you know completely derail his career I mean, we've seen guys at this level get beat and, and never be the same again. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. But you're talking about Joe Joyce and he picked up the victory on the cards on Saturday night, which were controversial because two of the cards were really wide for Joe Joyce against Brian Jennings, whereas one of them was a 115-112 card, which is ironically the card I felt was the most accurate card of the night. But he had a tough night against Jennings. And, you know, to go the distance with him was great because Joe Joyce, 
you know, he's not known for going the distance. And all of the nine fights he'd had previously, you know, he'd been knocking people out for, you know, within two, three, four rounds. So for him to have gone the distance was a great learning curve for him. And he didn't have it all his own way either. It was a very close fight. And the 115-112 card for me was the most accurate card. The other two was 118-109 and 117-110, which caused complete outrage on Twitter. People were absolutely going bananas on Twitter about it, about the cards. But rightly so, because... They were, they were shit. They were absolutely shit cards. And this is the part of boxing that we all hate. You know, shit cards, sometimes even shit decisions. But, you know, I think it was the right decision, just two shit cards. But for Joe Joyce now, we can move on and we can look at potential fights in the future for him. But I don't think they're going to want the Dubai fight. I don't think they're going to get the, the, the reward out of it that they want. They want to move him on to world level. They've stated that on many of occasion. And even in the post-fight interviews, they were talking about fighting Manuel Char. So, for me, that's where they're going to go. The fight with Dubai probably won't happen. But what did you make of the performance of Joe Joyce then? I thought, I thought it was a decent performance. Uh, I, think, I think, he, you know, one thing we all know about Joe Joyce, he's going to bring it. He's going to be constantly active throughout the fight. He's going to throw all sorts of combinations and he's just going to do it for 12 rounds and whoever he fights. Um, I thought I thought Bryant Jennings was a good test for him. Um, my prediction once again without the windows is uh, <laughs> another one. I, I thought Bryant Jennings might just just edge it. I, I just I, I felt that Jennings was going to bring something different. I think he did that. I think a lot of people were a little bit you know a bit skeptical with Jennings coming over, and I think they felt that it was just going to be uh, handed to Joyce. And, and you rightly pointed out on the preview show, Sean, that, you know, Jennings, you know, it was a good fight for Joyce and it did prove to be that and I think you're 100% right with them two cards were shocking. They were really poor decisions. Uh, I thought Jennings done really well, especially that first round. He caught him with that lovely body shot and Joyce felt it um, and I thought, oh, you never know, it looks like I might, I might get one right here. Um, but <laughs> um, my, my prediction, you know, is as good as a flipping one-armed swimmer, mate. <laughs> I'll give you right now. Um, but Brian Jennings, yeah, he, he, he ended up, he sort of, he, he had his moments, but then when he went to put his foot on the pedal, he sort of didn't. It was really frustrating to watch it sometimes. And, and I'll be blatantly honest with you, when he got to about round nine, I was dozing. I have to admit, I was dozing off and I ended up having to recap later on in the evening. Um, but um, I, I like Jonas. I, I mean, it, as I say, he, he's got a solid chin. I mean, the guy will keep coming and he, he can take a shot and he won't stop coming forward. So he's a problem for many heavyweights out there at the moment. Um, as you, as you mentioned, I think Char is what they're looking at. Um, and it's, it's a title, I suppose, he's got, isn't it? It's some sort of title or some sort of WBA or whatever it is, the ABC titles they've got at the moment. So, you know, fair enough, fair play to him. He wants to go down that route. He will eventually get ranked higher, quite up in the rankings, whatever rankings he's going in. And I just can't see any of the big names coming out to fight him, you know. I suppose the only fight at the moment get out all the big names is in your Joshua's, your Tyson Furies and Deontay Wilder. I think the only one would be Dillian White. Dillian White would fight anyone. So maybe that's one they could look for in, in maybe a year's time if, if White still doesn't get that shot that he rightly deserves. Yeah, I mean, I feel for I feel for a lot of the heavyweight guys there at the moment because they are stuck behind a pack of three top guys, two of them being British. And where where the hell did he go? You know, they fight Manuel Char for the bullshit interim title that they that they've got. Who the guy shouldn't even have a title. Shouldn't even I don't even know why he's got it. It's ridiculous. But you know, Joyce fighting Char gets a little bit of gold round his waist. I mean, what was the one he had? What was the title he was defending? on Saturday night, the WBA Gold Heavyweight title. I mean, 
who's who's heard of that before? I mean, it's like they've bought it from it's like they've bought it from the sale of bleeding <laughs> cash generator or something like that. You know, someone's old wrestling belt has has appeared in, and they thought, oh, we'll just buy it and rename it the WBA Gold Heavyweight Title, and we'll just give it to Joe Joyce. It's like, come on, you know. People can see through this. We can see through all this bullshit. Fans can see through all this bullshit. And we just don't need it. I feel for Joyce because, you know, regardless of whether he looks like a sloth when he's fighting or regardless of whether he looks stiff and robotic when he's fighting, he's getting the job done, isn't he, at the end of the day? He's going in there, putting it on the fighters, out-hustling and out-working fighters like Brian Jennings, and now he's put himself into a position where I believe he you know, will move on to bigger and better things now and whether it be Manuel Chao in the future or whether it be a domestic heavyweight showdown with say Huey Fury or Dubois in the future I don't know but I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes wherever it goes because I think he's I said on Thursday on the preview episode you know we've got to get behind our British fighters regardless of what you think about them regardless of you know it's not like he's a boring fighter I mean I know you said you were nodding off during it because they were boring times of the in the fight but I just feel like he's not he's not as boring as people make him out to be I think he's He's, you know, at times he can be quite entertaining to watch. At times he can be a little bit lackadaisy in fights. But I think it's good to see where his career is going because eventually I think he will end up coming and fighting one of the, the, the well-known names. I mean, some of that's been playing on my mind for the past week is like... I think he actually dreamt about it. I think I dreamt that him... Joyce and Usyk had a rematch from their World Series of Boxing Days and... Uh, Usyk was the WBA champion. Joyce was the challenger, and they had this fight. And obviously, Usyk absolutely, you know, destroyed him. Of course, but you know, it was just like this is the type of shit I want to see. I want to see this type of shit happen. I want Joe Joyce to be in big fights. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't the most exciting of fights. But he got twelve round under his belt. He got a massive name on his record at this stage of his career. The guy's only had ten fights for God's sake. You know, come on, the level of opponents he's been in with after 10 fights I think he's, he's, he's brilliant and I don't think there's many other fighters out there that are doing the same thing the only other fighter I can think of that has been in with equally the level of opposition he's moved himself up into again bold statement people are going to call me out on it but I think the only other fighter in boxing at the moment who's got such a good resume he's probably Lomachenko in as many you know as what 12, 13, 14 fights however many he has he's, had, he's got a phenomenal resume and I think Joe Joyce's resume is just getting better and better, and I don't think it'll be long before he, he starts getting a, a, an unbelievable resume, as long as they start putting him in with fighters like Bryant Jennings, like the Chars, moving him onto the Pavetkins, moving him onto you know the, the names that people know, and that's what we want for him. So, yeah, sorry, it's a bit of a long rant about it there. I just feel like people, are, including myself, can be overly critical of Joe Joyce, but genuinely... He's British and I want to see him do well and I want to see him at least get one big fight in his career and not end up like people like Audley Harrison who came from the Olympics winning a gold medal and then doing absolutely fuck all in the sport. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you still, mate. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. I think we are a bit harsh on Jensen, but as I say, he's Brian Jennings. Brian Jennings is a decent fighter. I, I didn't quite understand why people felt that he wasn't. Um, Brian Jennings did come over and he did. He, he brought something with him and he had a and that's what we wanted to see. And I mean, I do feel I don't slightly, but that's probably because Joe Joyce is pretty comfortable throughout the fight. And I say, Jennings did do the odd bits, you know, it, it, it pushed him back a couple of times, but then he would just sort of back off again and rest up. I mean, maybe that's just the wear and tear of his career and he's been in some big fights. And 
probably hard for Brighton to get himself motivated, motivated for someone like Jerez. But um, yeah, I, I would love to see him. You know, you talk about Usyk. I mean, I'd love, I can't wait for that guy to have his first heavyweight fight and, and get a couple of fights down. You know, because I think this guy Usyk could could bring so much to this division, and he just brings another another level. I think another big name. But for Jerez, I mean, you know, um, I mean, I, I mentioned. Washington just winning in the weekend and, and even a Charles Martin people have been harsh on both of them too that would be a bad little fight for Juris if he could get if he could get Char because obviously he wants Char get Char and, and then after that as you say there are other names you've got Adam Eck and you've got Tatam and you've got Chisora if you know if Chis- if you fancy that one or you know Parker would be a good one as well if you know but Parker, I believe, is just a little bit above him at the minute. So good luck to Joe. I hope he puts in another good performance and gets a fight. Maybe he can get that child fight and then, and then hopefully a few big names come knocking on his door. Well, let's move on then. Let's briefly touch on some of the other fights then. Liam Williams destroying Kareem Accor in two rounds, which was something that not a lot of people was actually expecting. I mean, I, I was putting stuff out on ESBR Boxing's Twitter about how do you think this fight's going to go. People were going the distance, the distance, the distance. And within two rounds, he just absolutely sparked Accor out and really impressed with Liam Williams as of late. I, I think he's really on a, a high at the moment. And it's not going to be long before he eventually gets you know a shot at a world title I don't think and I don't think that's too far away from him you know he's down he's not far off the top 10 in the world in terms of middleweights at the moment I'd love to see him in with some of the middleweights that are out there at the moment I think there'd be some cracking fights out there for him I mean obviously you had the Rob Brandt and Murata fight as well over the weekend Rob Brandt the Murata fight was, if you've not seen it, go and check it out. Brilliant little fight that happened. So there's a good fight, you know, for one of them two guys potentially. But, you know, there's guys like Jeff Horn still floating around. There's guys like, yeah. obviously, David Lemieux still floating around. There's obviously Martin Murray picked up a win on Friday night on the MTK show. He still wants another shot. You know, that could be quite an interesting prospect. Selecki, who lost, obviously, recently to Andrade. There's, there's still quite a few really good fighters around that he could get in the ring with before eventually push it on to, to a shot at a middleweight title, depending on how obviously the middleweight scene looks over the next 12 months with the Golovkin uh, and Canelo fight, if that happens later on this year. But yeah, really impressed with him, really, really impressed with that performance, stopping a guy who I believe had not been stopped before prior to this fight, and a guy who'd also been 12 rounds recently with David Lemieux as well, which says it all really. I mean, I know styles make fights, of course, but... Impressive for me. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was very impressive, Liam Williams. And to get rid of anyone in, at this sort of level, you know, in two rounds is pretty spectacular. And, and Liam Williams has just improved since in Liam Smith fights for me. I thought it was, at that point, I thought he was ready for Smith. I don't think maybe maybe he wasn't quite ready then. And he's actually improved bags more after that Smith fight. And he's moved both Smith fights. He's moved into the to the middleweight division. He now sits behind Martin Murray. Him and Martin Murray are like, out on their own a little bit in in British terms for the middleweight. So that is a great fight, Sean. I'm with you there. Liam Williams, Martin Murray, that wouldn't be a bad little fight at all. But, you know, you're talking, would he get the opportunities? I can't see him getting a Canelo. I can't see him getting Golovkin. Charlo, Jacobs, Android, I think they're just a little bit too ahead of him. In terms of Dave, they're not, they're not really going to want to fight Williams, especially when you look at what he's doing. Um, so I think he just needs to keep going along. I mean, like someone like a Lemieux would be a good fight. He's just, you know, he's just been 12 rounds with, with, with uh, 
Archer, Karim Levi's has got rid of him too. So that'd be a good fight for him. Or even, uh, as you mentioned, Jeff, Jeff Hall is now middleweight. So they're, they're two good fights for him. I just can't see those top, top guys taking a Williams. I mean, I might be wrong. Um, I mean, even Billy Joe Saunders. I mean, he, although he's, he's sort of that super middleweight at the minute, he said he would drop down to middleweight. Whether whether he could sort of get a, get a fight with Williams, I mean, it's, it's, you know, both under Frank Warren, it could happen. Who knows? But um, I'm really really pleased with Liam, and, and I just hope he keeps continuing with what he's been doing. He's been excellent sort of in the last couple of years, and I can see him just getting better and better. So we also had Archie Sharp and Sonny Edwards both picking up victories in their respective fights over Jordan McCurry and Hiram Gallardo. Really impressed with Sonny Edwards. I felt he was a level above what he is ranked at at the moment, and I was really impressed with the way Archie Sharp dealt with Jordan McCurry, who actually did a lot more in that fight than what I expected him to do. So both fights I really enjoyed. I felt like, you know, we're seeing the, the, the class of these two fighters really start to come through now, and I think Sharp looked really good. Uh, he looked really on point. He, you know, no pun intended, but he did look really, really sharp on the night. McCorry <laughs> had some real tough, real grit to get through the the early knockdown to come through and, and take some of the body shots, and then be able to come back and make it more of a fight. And although the cards were quite wide, it didn't really do the fight justice in terms of how competitive it was. So Archie Sharp moves on now, sixteen and oh, he's going to be certainly moving on to to another level very shortly. And Sonny Edwards again, he just looks like he's you know he's a level above where they're actually putting him at at the moment he, he you know he really controlled and handled Gallardo quite easily for me and I feel like you know it's not going to be long before they give him uh, some sort of title shot because the thing is you know the super flyweight division it's not a depth is it really there's not a lot of fighters in there where you think to yourself you know oh well there's there's loads of there's loads of guys world level you know world level gatekeepers to be going in the ring with it's not like there's loads of them to be to be pushing in you know there's, there's for me there's a lot of good fighters which i think you can push on to get in the ring with and I think that's what they need to do with him Edwards in particular because I think really he, he's definitely shown me that he's a you know he's a level above where people are putting him out at the moment but yeah them two fights then Johnston what did you think of Archie Sharp's win over McCorry and Sonny Edwards' win over Gallardo I thought I thought Archie Sharp did you know as you say looked very sharp didn't he yeah the sharp shooter from Welling um, credit to Jordan McCorry though Coy he took a massive body shot in that third round and even the commentators are suggesting he ain't going to get up, and he did. He gritted his teeth, and he, he finished the round, and then managed to finish the fight, which I was really surprised about. I thought Archie Sharp was just eventually going to just wear him down and take him out. So, good performance from Archie. I, I, I think he can move on. I, I still would love to see the Sam Bowen fight, or even Liam Walsh, even. I, I, I think Sam Bowen and Archie Sharp would be an excellent fight. Um, whether that could get made, we'll have to see. Probably not. Well, you know, either way, good performance from Archie, and he moves on. Sonny Edwards as well, another good performance from him. And as you say, it isn't a, a very, you know, there isn't much depth within that division. Um, you said, you mentioned the gatekeeper I've got down here, uh, Panama's Louis Conception. I think Louis Conception, however you want to put it, the guy that, um, that uh, you fire beat to win his title, I think that'd be a nice little fight for Sonny. Just to see where he is, and, you know. I mean, he, he, it's funny because he's actually ranked quite low. And it's interesting because it is, as you say, it's not, a deep division and you look at the champions around could be in and around there already and maybe another couple of fights so that's why I think it's not like Concepcion would be a, a good little fight for Edwards but really pleased for both of them um, and you know kudos to, to Jordan McCurry just managing to finish that fight he really 
really impressed me with his determination. Yeah, did me too. I got a lot of respect for him. I did before that, but seeing how he got in that fight, a lot more respect for him after that fight as well. Uh, so obviously the rest of the card made up with victories for Hamza Shiraz, Willie Hutchinson, Florian Marku, Dennis McCann, Jonathan Pallata, Jay Petit, Mark Chamberlain and Mickey Berg. Basically, it was all the prospects beating all the journeymen. That's the way I can sum it up for you. Is that I listened to the episode and thinking, who are these fighters? I've never heard of them. It's probably because a lot of them weren't shown on the, on the actual broadcast. And a lot of them are just making their steps in their respective divisions to, to work their way up to, to a certain level. So, yeah, that kind of sums up that card. Really, really enjoyed the main fights on that card. I felt like it was actually a pretty decent offering. Not like the offering on Friday night on Channel 5. That was an absolute load of tosh. Honestly, I don't know where to start <laughs> with that. What what a joke. What an absolute poor ass. Oh, God. Honestly, like I'm, I'm proper like thinking to myself, like this is not good for boxing at all. Like Stuff like this. Yeah. I know. Right, let's start with Amir Khan then, obviously. Amir Khan beats Billy Dib, who is you know, naturally two weights below him. And come on, Billy Dib's been out of action for a little while. And, you know, Billy Dib obviously was giving some good money to fight Khan on the night, clearly. But he was, you know, he was, he was levels above and weights above him. And I just felt like it was... It was ridiculous that it was even happening, to be honest with you. And I didn't even make an effort to even initially watch it. I just caught the highlights of you know the main fights I wanted to catch up on. And Khan beats Billy Dib to win, what, the WBC International Welterweight title? I don't even know how that's even been sanctioned, to be honest with you. Uh, there's a big press conference going on tomorrow, actually, at Khan's gym in Bolton. And that's going to be probably to announce what he wants to do next, which is probably not Cal Brook. There's, there's rumours of him wanting to fight Manny Pacquiao, which, again... Five years too late, Khan, to be honest with you, mate. Five years too late. So that card, like I say, I didn't even go out of the way to watch. I just caught the highlights. And you mentioned 100-year-old Sam Peter earlier. Uh, another win for Huey Fury on the bounce there as he beat Sam Peter. Sam Peter looked out of shape. He, I can't even believe he's still going, to be honest with you. Like, what, What's going on? The guy must have a real shit life outside of boxing to be continuing boxing at this stage of his life. I don't understand it. And then you had Prince Patel, you know, the man that's been fighting all these bloody Latvian butchers and going in for this IBO world title against Michel Banquez and getting his getting battered from pillar to post for the duration of the fight and and it made everybody on social media happy that that gobshite Patel lost his unbeaten record against a guy that nobody knew and it was you know quite a quite a sweet night for a lot of people in particular Barry Jones who obviously took a lot of shit from Patel a few years ago on the Box Nation show which was quite a nice a nice little moment for for Barry Jones there getting a little bit of nice revenge after Patel had basically said he wasn't even worthy of being a world champion all them years ago so yeah I, I mean I don't know what you thought of this did you catch up with any of it what did you think I just I thought it was an absolute shit show, to be honest. But let's just take a little pause for one moment to give a shout out to the sponsors for BTR Boxing Podcast. It's Bear Attack Boxing, providing high quality boxing gloves, boxing equipment to your suitable needs. You can find them at www.bearattackboxing.co.uk and all over social media. You've got the Fight Pro One gloves, the Pluto gloves, the new Bear Attack Boxing t-shirt range, the inner gloves, the hand wraps, some great boxing products on there. So go and check them out. And also, 
we've got a little present for you. Because you're a loyal listener to BTR Boxing Podcast, we've got an exclusive discount code for you. Now, it's a 10% discount. And all you've got to do is when you're at the checkout and you've got them boxing gloves and that T-shirt in there that you want to buy, go onto the promo code and enter BTR10 for 10% off. And 10% is not something to be scoffed at in this day and age. It can definitely get you a few quid off them high-quality products that Bear Attack Boxing are selling. So, as a loyal listener to BTR Boxing Podcast, when you buy or purchase something through Bear Attack Boxing's website, in the promo code, enter BTR10, and you will get an exclusive 10% discount off your basket. So, please, go and take advantage of it. Follow them on social media, Bear Attack Boxing, and it's bearattackboxing.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, I I I was gonna I didn't even record it to honest with you. I I thought um you know I I'd wait to hear the news on social media to see if anything was worthy of it. And um, when I when I checked on the Saturday morning, I didn't see the points. But it's um I haven't seen any of the fights. Um, Amir Khan obviously was pretty obviously he's gonna win that fight. Um. Yeah, he, he's got a press conference coming up. He wants to call out Pacquiao. I mean, really. Um, I don't know. As you say, I don't get it really. The only, the only fight that makes sense is the Kelbrook fight. I mean, I know we keep banging the drum, um, but if it was made, I'd watch it. I would. I, I wouldn't pay for it, but I'd watch it. Um, so uh, you know, for me, that's that's where Mia Khan needs to be going. Just just fight Brook. Just give us one fight at least and see what happens. You know, never know. It might be an absolute war and a brilliant fight, but that's all I'm interested in when it comes to Khan. Um, and then Hugh Fury again. You know, what is he doing? He, sh- he should not be fighting this fella. You know, he needs to be looking at the names we've mentioned at the top of the show. These are the guys who want to see Hugh Fury in the ring with. I mean, he's a young guy and he's got He's got bags of skill and potential, Huey. He's still young, and he and he he could be a problem for anybody. Um, so, you know, he got he got rid of a dead man, basically a dead man walking, because that's basically what he was. Um, and I, I'm I've just seen it. It was a shoulder injury that Peter pulled out from, so didn't even get rid of him. Um, I, I haven't seen the fight as I say, so I can't really comment too much on it. But yeah, it looked like a shit card. I was told it was a shit card, and you just confirmed. So I didn't. <laughs> well, well, let's go back to to the other show on Friday night then, and talk about MCK's show. I managed to catch up with that on Saturday. Now, I, just before I start talking about that, I wanted to get your thoughts on what MCK are doing at the moment, and I, I think. This is this is my honest opinion about what's going on in the British boxing scene at the moment. I feel like Matchroom have completely dropped the ball with the UK shows, and the quality hasn't been that great. There hasn't been that many of them. The real, the most recent one that was supposed to happen in Manchester got pulled because of the main fight and the card not being that sort of stacked that they weren't able to to, to, to substantiate the card, and we get the swapping and changing of cards. And I feel like. There's, there's a lot going on at the moment behind the scenes, I think, and all the money seems to be going into the US shows, and what's happening is we're seeing a lack of quality from the Matchroom UK shows, and what MTK are doing is they're picking up the ball that Matchroom have dropped because their Friday night shows have been consistent for a good couple of months now, and the Friday night shows have always had some real good prospects on, some real good names, some real good 50-50 fights on them, and a lot of people are really starting to jump on the bandwagon of what MTK are doing at the moment in the British boxing scene, and it sounds like I'm being a bit of an arse licker, but I'm not. I just 
just genuinely like the shows that they're putting on and I'm enjoying the fights that they're putting on. I mean, obviously, they're going to have a few Prospect versus Journeyman fights because that is, that's what the Prospects are there to do. They're there to learn. They're there to get a few fights under the belt before they move on. But they're not going to be doing it for 20 fights down the line. But it's like this card in Liverpool then. No, so, no I, I agree with you, mate. So it's like this card in Liverpool then, Johnston, on Friday... <laughs> You know, Jazza Dickens beat Nathaniel May and watched was a pretty decent fight. I enjoyed that. Martin Murray, you know, obviously had a last minute replacement against the uh, original guy, Paulson, against Pavanito. He beats Pavanito on points. Terry Flanagan won. Sam Maxwell, Gerard Carroll, Natasha Jonas, Craig Glover, and John Quigley. They all got fit to his air. Yes, okay, they were, they were more sort of, they weren't even the match fights. I know that, and, and I'm going to be honest and un- understand that fact, but it was a good way of getting a lot of good names out there. You've got to remember, you've got Martin Murray on there, former, what, four or five-time world title challenger, Terry Flanagan, former world lightweight champion, you've got Natasha Jonas, you know, former Miss Team GB, as they called her, looking to get herself back into contention after that loss she scored last year, uh, and then obviously you had a couple of the Liverpool lads on there trying to get themselves back out there, and I just feel like, uh, I just feel like the match, the match room shows are just being uh, completely left behind in the UK, and, and all put into the American audiences and what MTK are doing is every Friday night practically week on week we're getting some high quality shows with some high quality prospects on uh, and I'm genuinely enjoying them all yeah I, I, I completely agree with you and I think Matchroom clearly um, in terms of the UK cards they're putting together and not producing what, what we've seen in recent years I think that's pretty evident with, with some of their poor cards they've been putting out um, and I mean when you mentioned this to before Kenny um, card that was up I, I didn't really know I, you know I didn't even know it was this weekend I knew it was coming up so you know it was you that reminded me of it and when, when you pointed out the cards I had a look at some of the fights you know you've got some massive names as you've, as you've pointed out there and, and these are names that could headline in, in big fights on like something like a matchroom or even a Frank Warren promotion night so uh, Queensbury so MTK Global are literally picking up what their, what, what matchroom are basically, you know, what they're failing in. Um, I mean, when you said to me, when you when you put out the card last week, I mean, the first thing I thought, well, it was pretty much a matchroom card, wasn't it? You look at some of the names in there, bar what, Terry Flanagan, most of them have fought on, on matchroom, uh, on, on Eddie Hearn's night. So, yeah, I, 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 I think they're doing a great job, MTK Global, I think, for people that are looking for an alternate, to, to what uh, Frank Warren or uh, um, Eddie Earn put out, this is this is the, this is the show to watch. You know, it's free. It's on you know it's on YouTube, uh, and they're putting out some big names, and and it's good to see, and it is nice to see that they are gradually getting bigger, and eventually one of these channels, whether it be maybe a, a terrestrial television, would be good. It that could actually pick up one of these cards. I mean, it, they're airing it free. Um, you know that, that that must be where they're looking at. Um, surely, um, and their cluster of fighters, you know, they're really picking up. And they're going to continue to get bigger and better. The more Matchroom are just slowly just deteriorating over here. Obviously, clearly looking at the European with the Italian shows and, and USA shows, and and, and basically, I, you can see even within Sky there's trouble, isn't there? I can't honestly believe that. Um, Eddie is all hunky dory with Sky at the moment with the cards he's putting out, considering what he's been putting out the last few years. No, and I think a lot of people are tending to to, to, to to pick up on that, to be honest with you. You know, a few of the other guys who do the podcasts uh, up and down the country that that you know that are quite mutual friends with, with ourselves are, are all saying the same thing. They're all seeing through it. And I think for me now, it's, it's about... 
really starting to. So I was, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a story, right? It's this little stories from over the weekend. I had some guy talking to me on Twitter about the Liam Williams fight and how, you know, he shouldn't be fighting for these plastic titles. And uh, basically, his point was that a lot of fans just, just, you know, should start to take a stand against these crap titles and these shit shows that, you know, the big promoters are putting on and expecting people to, to just buy into it for the sole fact is that they've got this reputation. And I think people are starting to get more and more frustrated with it as time goes on fans are tuning in alternatively because there is alternative ways of watching boxing now through the likes of YouTube and through the likes of you know big media platforms like IFL having these relationships with the promoters now and obviously Eddie Hearn and Matchroom have spread themselves really thinly over the past 12 months and as a result of that we're seeing a lack of quality of shows over here in the UK and all the half decent shows are going to America and they're trying to break that American you know audience but it's a very, very difficult audience to break, especially when they've got the long-standing showtime over there still. And obviously, we, we know we lost they lost HBO last year, but still, they've got all these networks. Well, what God knows how many networks they've got over in America. A lot more than what they've got over here, anyway. Put it that way. So there's a lot of bigger audience over there. I think there's something ridiculous like 375 million people against our what 50 million people that are here in the UK. So you know, when you look at it like that, there's a massive audience, and that's why they're doing it. It's business at the end of the day, trying to you know break the market and and, and push on. And they've done a half decent job with some of the shows, but as a result, we're we're losing quality over here. And now the next show we're getting is White versus Rivas, which we're going to do a little bit of a preview on for next weekend. And there's three good fights on that, which you know we will talk about in more detail on, on that show. But there's three really good fights on it. And again, it's probably one of the only times out of the year where I feel so far Matchroom possibly will deliver for us. And that's, that's pretty sad to say, given they're supposed to be, in most people's eyes, the biggest promoter in the UK, aside with, with Frank Warren. So for me, it's... You know, little or smaller hall promotions like MTK and like all the other small hall promoters are starting to see that there's there's a there's a market there for them to really push on to now. Fans are wanting to tune into. 50-50 fights, fans are fed up of seeing the bullshit and, and sick of pay, paying the high ticket prices to come and watch the fights or are sick of paying pay-per-view box office fees to come and watch the fights when actually there's a lot of alternatives with guys like you know the MTK lot and, and obviously all the small hall promoters really pushing it to that next level now so you know you think about what boxing was like 10 years ago to what it's like now all them small horse shows that used to go on 10 years ago you'd never get to see any of the fights unless you was there now within 24 hours of say four small horse shows happening over one weekend the next day all the fights are up on youtube so you're getting to watch them all so you know what's going to happen in another five to ten years when technology moves on are we going to see literally like live show after live show being streamed all over social media and we're going to end up being spoiled for choice with all these small hall shows but i think that's where for me matchroom have dropped the ball and people like mtk are picking it up yeah definitely definitely i mean eddie's got design hasn't he and that seems to be going well in america but you know that seems to be his baby he's got a massive contract with him and he needs to produce the big fight so basically what he's done is is he's sending all of our better fighters over there to have good cards so the americans you know when you actually watch the design cards they're actually good cards they're good cards they're good fights they're close fights they're title fights and then it's very limited over here um and it's clear it's so evident i mean eddie's even come out and said tries to back it up by saying but this is what i've got this is what i'm producing what have you done mate you've done nothing this year 
for the first six months, he's done nothing. I mean, apart from them are your pay-per-view fights, and as you mentioned, the, the white fight, the white card is a good card. It's a really good card. But, you know, it's pay-per-view again. So basically what we're being told is, is if we want to watch a good Eddie, car, Eddie Earn night or match room, we basically need to pay for it because otherwise it's not worth it. And as you say, you might as well just tune in on your social media. You could watch fights the next day on YouTube. You know, I've done it myself. So you, you might not watch a fight of the night and you can watch it all on HD on YouTube. I mean, it's that easy. If not YouTube, you find some other network to watch it on the next day. It's that easy. And now, what, it's not good for the fighters in retrospect. You know what I mean? It's not good for the promoters. That's why you're getting them TK Global and, and Goodwin's promotions. They're all putting on decent cards now. So, you know, and, and as you say, you can either go there, whether it be in my local area or up, where you are shown in Manchester you can go, you go and get a cheap ticket to go and watch a good scrap for, for bed hardly anything you have a good night out if you want to go out and you know these big big nights are just sort of fading they're flopping a little bit so you know Frank Warren's probably just edging him in terms of how it's going at the moment I think Eddie needs to watch it and you know in the end he might even lose whatever he's built up with Sky because that's just the way it seems to be going for me um, so yeah I, that's our rendition but yeah I'm completely with you I think he's been pretty poor but as you say we've got this big card this weekend which is great yeah so let's let's have a look then uh, other bits that have happened and I think there's one piece of obviously news that come out today that I think I've got nowhere else that I want to talk about, but the the, the untimely demise of Sweet Pea yeah. Penel Whitaker at the age of fifty five after being reportedly hit by a car and, and killed. I couldn't believe it when I seen that on social media today. I was in disbelief. Like, has that really happened? You know, like all of a sudden, you just you know, he's he's just dead. He's gone. He's not here anymore. And it's crazy. Like, but then it just goes to show you how many people adored the man and the fighter because yeah. my social media is literally just flooded with R.I.P. Sweet Pea and videos of some of his greatest yeah. defensive genius moments that he had in his career. And I honestly can't believe that you know he's, he's, he's no longer on this earth and it's just dead sad that he's had to go out in that fashion as well with, with, with an accident happening. But, man, what a fighter, man. I can't believe, like that's happened and I'm, I'm quite in shock about it all but when I was looking through his uh, resume again today and I was looking through what he actually won I was just like wow you know the guy won titles at four different weight categories he dominated the lightweight division he moved up super lightweight one title there moved up to welterweight moved up to super welterweight he was 1984 Olympic gold medalist one of the pound for pound best I think I read something he was pound for pound number one in 93 94 and 95 so three back-to-back years where he was classed as the best fighter on the planet man that guy achieved so much in boxing he really did he really did i mean as you say four weight world champion uh gold medalist um but fantastic fighter sweet pea uh 55 years old and he gets run over didn't he um yeah it's really sad really sad to hear i only heard that this afternoon but um you know r.i.p people are with a car Great fighter. If, if no one ever really knew of, of Sweet Pea, um, could go and have a look at some of the guys' fights. There's, there's loads of them, um, and he was an exceptional fighter. And as you clearly said, pound for pound best for what three, four years running, and that is unreal. Um, it's really tragic. Fifty-five years old in his traffic accident. It's just yeah, I, I'm, I'm in shock as well, shoulder. It's really sad, and you know, you know, he just sends his best to the family, and obviously he's got a, a load of fans, as, as it's clear to see on social media, and um, yeah. Just sad, sad, sad. 
Yeah, it is. I've just got a little bit of stuff that I'm just flicking through as as we're speaking, and uh, some of the stuff that's come up that apparently Eddie Earn is saying about the White versus Rivas fight coming up is for an interim belt uh, and mandatory, but the winner isn't guaranteed a shot until after Wilder versus Fury 2 happens, but the mandatory must take place before May the 18th next year. Oh, God, so many bloody politics. Honestly, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It really is. What the hell is going on? I mean, I did see something about with Eddie smiling with, with, with White, someone put, posted a picture up, and I thought there was some sort of breaking news there, but that's not very breaking, is it? I mean, uh, so Hugh Fury, I mean, Hugh Fury, Tyson Fury, he's got a fight coming up in October, he's going to fight Wilder in February, um, so Wilder fights all teams, probably may squeeze another fight in himself, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe just wait for Fury in February. And then White has to fight Revis and he's going to have to fight someone else then, isn't he? So even if he wins this, does it really matter? Um, because is he going to, White is not going to stick around. So if, he, if that, that fight's not going to be made, it's not going to be made in March. You know, if, White, if, if, uh, if Wilder and Fury fight in February and that needs to be negotiated and, you know, by March, you say, March 2020, you say, Sean, yeah. then it's, it's just no point because you know Dillian White's going to fight again. So Dillian White's going to need to fight Revis, he needs to win that, and he needs to fight somebody else. So, um, and then if he loses that, then what happens? It's just crazy. I mean, Dillian White should have had a title shot a long time ago. I mean, he should have had the shot before Dominic Brazil. Dominic Brazil, what the hell was he doing in the ring of Wilder? That would have been much better if that was Dillian White. Um, Fury Fury, I mean, he keeps saying Fury Fury. Tyson Fury, it's good to me head for a minute, but Tyson Fury uh, should have got the rematch with, with Wilder, but, you know, he, he was there to take and Tyson didn't take it. So, you know, that, that, that was down to the people that he's surrounded with, fair enough. Fair play, you know, he won that first fight in a way. They're, they're marinating it and they're waiting until 2020, whatever. But yeah, that's just, just silly, dude. It just, it's just ridiculous, isn't it, really? I mean, we're talking about these heavyweights coming through. These guys should need to fight each other as well to give us something. You know, we've seen Gorman and Dubai now. Hopefully the rest can follow suit because at the minute, it's just really frustrating, really frustrating. Yeah, it is really frustrating. It just, you know, when I flick through the Twitter feed, and I just look at it and just think to myself, you know, like, some of the stuff that comes out on Twitter, some of the, the sources of different outlets, it's just absolutely uh, r- r- ridiculous, to be honest with you. Like, I'm reading some of the shit that people put out. Unbelievable. And I think it's one of them weeks this week where I feel like uh, I don't want to be one of them podcasts, and I've always said we don't want to be a podcast which solely focuses on ranting, where there's a lot of guys out there that just use it every week to just rant about stuff. But I've got another one that I just want to bring to... To, to, to the attention really and uh, get get the thoughts of a lot of other people on this so what happens is when you're trying to build some type of media platform right like we are with the e-sleep boxing repeat ESPR boxing you know we I've been working tirelessly for the past couple of years, you know, building reputation, working hard, going to the shows, covering all the shows over the past two years, as many as we can possibly get to with all the guys that that work with myself. And over the past two weeks, it's been a little bit of an eye-opener, really, because, like, we've, we applied to go to this show on Saturday, the Warren Show, and for the past couple of shows I've applied for with them, they've just not responded to us at all. There's not even a response to say you've not been accredited. It's just total radio silence. And all the stuff that we do in the fight week, you know, like we do prediction videos and we're doing articles and we're doing these podcasts on BTR Boxing Podcasts, previewing all the shows, giving absolute all angles of coverage, but yet 
they don't even find like a lot of some of us worthy to even go and the frustrating thing is like all the guys that work really hard all the work that goes into it and nobody's you know it's the same with matchroom as well like matchroom only seem to accredit us for the lower end shows like say the next gen stuff they'll only accredit us for next gen but yet when you get a bigger fight like white and revas again we've had the emails today you know we can't accredit you we're oversubscribed but you know a lot of the guys that end up going are, are people that don't even cover the sport half the year round and it's dead frustrating and it's another one of them rants that i've had to start you know you probably see me on twitter you know going at it because i'm just absolutely fed up to the back teeth of it and I thought, you know, when I'm on the podcast, I feel like I'm going to let it all out a little bit because, you know, we, there's a lot of guys out there who, who know who they are, who work phenomenally hard for their respective media outlets, who actually genuinely go out there and produce content and work hard on content every single week. And then there's guys out there that literally just run a Twitter account and do interviews with what can only be described as a potato filming it. And yet, you know, they've got some big following base and all of a sudden, you know, they're getting accredited to shows that we can't get accredited to and it just seems like such a strange way of, of showing appreciation for from, from these big promoters for coverage. Like, all the small hall stuff that we cover every week on the podcast, so like the little shows, like the Goodwin shows and, you know, the MTK stuff, you know, they're so good with us. Like, they'll, they'll accredit us to every single show and they'll always work hard to to give us a seat and at least you know give us the opportunity to go and do a little bit of coverage at the shows but man you know these these big time promoters big time charlie promoters just don't want to know those little guys um and i know obviously you've not been involved a lot in that side of things johnston but it just you you are on twitter all the time and you do your own little bits of stuff as well and you, you must you must see it a lot you must see there's a lot of outlets out there that are like spring from nowhere with a with a huge following from apparently nowhere and they're getting so much success with what they're doing and all the smaller outlets like ourselves and other ones out there are just not getting the, the, the sort of recognition and there's loads of us there's, there's the SPR there's guys like Big Right Hook you know big shout out to them they do a lot of great stuff there's loads of other guys that I could say here and name uh, that I really you know do a lot for the grassroots of the sport but yet you know, none of us get that sort of opportunity to go to the bigger shows because we're being overshadowed by these big sort of paid-for following accounts. So, yeah, Johnston, sorry, mate. I'm, I'm ranting at you and I'm ranting at the listeners today. But I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast out there that, that I do agree and do understand. So I just wanted to sort of get your thoughts on the whole Twitter landscape when it comes to boxing media and the outlets that are out there. What What is it about some of the outlets out there that kind of attracts you uh, as as a fan and as a follower to, to, to actually follow them and, and look at what they're doing? Well, for me personally, I mean, the first thing, I'm, I'm a boxing fan. That's, that's the build and end of it. I love to watch boxing. I like to, to listen to boxing. I don't always have to watch it. I can listen to it on the radio. I've always been a big boxing fan and admirer of the guys that step in the ring. So for me, you know, knowledge is key. So when I hear guys that actually have a knowledge of the game um, and they, they speak wisely and they're not sort of one-sided in the way they approach what they're discussing um, that will be you know what I listen to and what I read there have been plenty of Twitter accounts and other outlets out there where you will you know you could you could I've read a few of their articles or you know within a couple of days you realise that they're siding with certain people so it's just about for me it was it's just about listening to non-biased um, and uh, you know uh, information and, and, and just 
getting a bit of knowledge. That's what we all want at the end of the day. We, we want to, we, you know, we're all feeding off what's on social media because you want a little bit of knowledge on what's going on, whether it be whether it in the boxing scene or not. And, and I just think that um, whether it be technical, so it doesn't have to be technical. I think some people look into it to want to be very technical in everything. And, you know, I'm not that, you know, I'm, I'm not that way inclined. I'll watch a fight. I can break a fight down, in my opinion, and other people can break a fight down a lot better than I can. Um, but I enjoy to watch fights and I always bring, I always try, you know, I'll, you know, I'll listen and I'll learn from from what people are telling me. But, you know, for me, that's what I look for. I look for that. I look for knowledge. I look to, to, to learn stuff um, and listen to people that like, have a love for the sport because that's what we, you know, that's that's what it's about, is it not? Um, so, yeah, I, it is. I've, I know exactly what you're talking about. So I've, I've listened to many podcasts. I've read many articles and from, I mean, I'm not going to name any, but um, that, that are very biased and, and you know, it, Sometimes you wonder if there's spoof accounts there, you know, or you say you're you're being knocked back for certain shows, whether that you know these are just bogus accounts or something. I don't know. It's really weird. I mean, then the other the other problem that you have is that you have famous people, you know, whether they be Xboxers or from another part of sport, where they will they they would have producing podcasts and writing articles or whatever. So so people straight straight jump on those and they're gonna have followers and they've got backing right behind them from the off. So I completely hear your frustration and and I want to you know echo that eat feet with Pete and you know your BTR you know you guys work so hard and tireless tirelessly to get that information out to your listeners and you know it's, it's credit to you guys that you're doing as well as you are although there is that problem isn't there where you're not getting you know you seem to be blocked blocked off at some point with some certain you know like you say with the big shows which is a shame because i think once you get your foot in the door with one of them then you hopefully will get the rest but it's just getting that first one and um, i'll just say to the listeners that you know people that are listening just you know forward this stuff on and, and try and get people to follow and listen to btr and other as you, as you mentioned, the other podcasts out there. And, um, and yeah, yeah, hopefully that people will start to jump on it and realise that some of these are not as good and, you know, you're going to get a bit more information from, from the smaller pods and, and, and from, you know, smaller companies, if you like, you know, just just people that love the sport. That's what that's what I think it's about and that's what you want to be reading and listening to. Well, you made some really good points and, and I want to sort of echo some of the stuff you've said there with, you know, the, the actual work that people put into it. And, you know, I understand myself like the guys that are Xboxers that are able to jump into say the podcasting world are able to get instant success because of the reputation they built up for either being a fighter or say being a, a, a you know a journalist for God knows how many years in the sport and that's understandable you know I can't sit there and knock them people because they've built their reputation they've earned their reputation a lot of them so I'm never going to begrudge that because at the end of the day I I'm first and foremost always going to be a fan and whatever comes of our podcast is 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 whatever comes of it but this is why every week. To, to you the listeners every single week you know you'll always hear me banging on about oh I need support we need this we need that I mean I'm not literally being Oliver Twist I'm not asking I'm not begging for people to do it but it's really nice when people actually appreciate the work that goes into doing it understanding that you know when it's independent and someone sets something up independently it's because nine times out of ten they don't have any backing they don't have any support from anybody and what, what they have to do is build a reputation from guys like yourself Johnson that's how we've met we've met through through you know multiple different articles that I've gone out online and you've you've noticed 
our accounts, I've noticed your account, and all of a sudden, you know, you start to build a relationship with some real genuinely nice, great fans out there uh, who've got an absolute great insight into the sport and a knowledge of the sport. And I think it's a lot of guys like us, and there's guys, loads of other guys who know who they are because, you know, we, we, we speak to them a lot on social media all the time. They know who they are. They know how hard they work. But it's just a case of, of everybody supporting everybody and, you know, pushing each other out there and kind of making ourselves known to the mainstream audiences so when guys listen to this podcast guys and girls that listen to it all over the world big shout out to all the american listeners because you guys you know you you make up a third of what we get in terms of downloads for this podcast so we really appreciate the fact that people are listening over in america and that you're actually understanding and, and appreciating what we're doing here so if anybody that's listen listen in or listened who've not even rated the podcast yet then please go and do it go and rate the podcast because when you rate that podcast that builds our reputation up even more through the 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 outlets that it's on so say like your pod beans and your apple podcast it really does help us get up there and it's the same with the the boxing media outlet esbr boxing you know if you go on there and follow that you'll see articles left right and center coming out videos coming out original content it's not piggybacked off anybody else's work it's actually all our own stuff that we're putting out there so you know when i when i when i give this little bit of a rallying cry on today's episode it's to kind of push ourselves out there even more so i think the takeaway from it all today from this episode from the back end of this conversation is if you're not already following at ESBR Boxing and at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter uh, and on Facebook, then go out there and please go and give them a follow and go and check out some of the work that the writers do and the, the prediction specialists do because there's some real good, knowledgeable guys that are working there. That's including yourself, Johnson, you know, the legendary night's work that you put into it. Unbelievable, really, really enjoyable to listen back to and, and I know a lot of people are really enjoying it, especially some of the guys out there uh, big shout out to Noah Zelenik who gives us a message practically every week or every other week about listening to some of the episodes he he most recently messaged me on Facebook saying he really enjoyed our Boxing Brawls episode so you know big shout out to you for that because you know that, that the support and the love that we get from people like yourselves Noah you know really really appreciated we really enjoy what we do and thank you so much obviously for supporting us and pass the pod you know, they do it on the Peter Crouch podcast, so why not do it on BTR Boxing Pod? Pass the pod, go and find somebody, tell them about it, share it on social media, tag us in, tell people to start listening to this podcast. Many different series going on here. If you don't like listening to these episodes where we review fights, go and listen to the ones to watch with all the prospects. Go and listen to the life and times of with guys like Ryan Rhodes, Chad Dawson, Barry Jones, Angel Manfredi, loads of different interviews uh, in the selection of podcasts to go and listen to so you know really appreciate all the support guys and the love and Johnston you know big shout out to yourself because you've been really putting the effort and the grafting to to help build this podcast you know over over the past eight eight weeks and it's been a pleasure having you on as always and 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 thank you so much oh mate it's it's been an absolute pleasure to be on Um, and if there are uh, American viewers and listeners out there I'm actually quite surprised they can actually understand what I'm saying (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, apologies if, if that South London accent creeps through every now and then but I do try my best um, and BTR Boxing scribe and follow because as I say you guys work very hard and you do some great work and you know you're very knowledgeable all of you are, um, if you want to learn something you know this is the college of knowledge this is what this is you know have a listen to BTR Boxing and and, and you know as, as the predictions on, on YouTube because these guys know what they're talking about um, so you know Give it a listen, push it on, push it forward. Um, and, and as I say, absolute pleasure, Sean, always is. Um, and I, I hopefully we can continue to, to grow. And um, yeah, just, just always a pleasure. And, you know, big up the listeners. You know, thanks for listening. Yeah, certainly. Thanks for listening. I hope we've not uh, put. <laughs> I hope I've not put you off with this uh, last ten minute rally cry of of some of the boxing media stuff that we do. I think it's more about making you aware. You know, I know we get a lot of listeners listening every week to all the different episodes. So I just wanted to make you aware that actually there's platforms that we run out there that are really, really good, really high quality work going out. So give us a listen. And you obviously hear the ads that we put in for Bear Attack Boxing. They're our main sponsor. But if anybody's out there listening that's got a company that wants advertisement through the podcast this is the perfect time to do it you know the boxing season is just coming to an end the new one's going to be starting not long afterwards and it'd be great to get another advertisement and some great support from another big company out there so if anyone's listening that owns a company or knows somebody that owns a company uh, wants to be involved and wants to be part of the podcast through their advertisement and yeah get in contact with me because it'll be really good to hear from you really good to, to to put your stuff out there on our channel and it'll be really good to get that support to help us take our platform to the next level so you can drop me a message at btr boxing pod or you can drop me a message at i am basto as well give us a shout on there have a little discussion see what we can do to help but yeah johnston it's been uh it's been a really good honest episode i feel like the uh no pun intended again i feel like the gloves have been off for this one because there's been a lot of stuff on my mind over the weekend when it comes to some of the fights that have happened to some of the shows the lack of quality in shows you know dropping the ball match room mtk picking it up uh and then obviously all the media stuff going on as well outside of that i feel like it's been a, a real good way to let a lot of stuff off my chest and i hope you've all enjoyed listening to it and i tell you what if you haven't just drop me a tweet and tell me to shut up i'm more than happy to take that on board <laughs> and make sure that doesn't get included uh into the next episode but tune in because this week we've already had ones to watch with lewis smith we're also going to be having the legendary knights which has just completed the vote and it's going to be leonard versus Hagler in the, from the middleweight division from 1987 and then we've also got this week we've got two preview episodes coming pacquiao Furman, and we've got dillian white oscar rivas preview as well so tune in for all them coming up this week johnston pleasure as always thanks for coming on really appreciate it same here mate same here and you know um for anyone that ain't listened to the recent um, Ryan Reynolds interview, go and have a listen. I listened today. Excellent work, Sean. And um, yeah, keep up the good work on that side as well. Really good listen. I wish I would have interviewed Ryan Reynolds, but Ryan Rhodes was just as good. Ah, Ryan Rhodes. Sorry, what about Ryan? <laughs> Dead, Mr. Deadpool. Mr. Rhodes, mate, I'm sorry if you're listening. Sorry, that's, that's a slip with the tongue, mate. <laughs> Mr. I'd love to have interviewed Deadpool that would have been awesome that would have been a great interview for the podcast that. so Mr Reynolds what do you think about boxing no Ryan Rhodes <laughs> get listening to that one guys Johnson's right I really enjoyed that one great insight into a fantastic 90s fighter a guy who should have won a world title but never did definitely get that one a listen yeah. but guys as always thanks for listening thanks for sticking with
with us, supporting us. Remember what I've said, go and pass the pod, tell your friends, tag us in it, tell them to go and listen to all the latest episodes. Find us at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter and BTR Boxing Podcast on Facebook. You can also go and find us on any of the available podcasting apps out there, which is Apple Podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify. We'll see you in the next couple of days for more episodes of BTR Boxing Podcast. Thanks and see you next time. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.